Hello, this is Martin Wolf, Chief Economics Commentator of the Financial Times, with my podcast, Why the G20 Must Focus on Sustaining Demand, March the 10th, 2009. The summit of the group of 20 leading advanced and emerging countries in London on April the 2nd, 2009, will fail. Its members are refusing to meet what Lawrence Summers, senior economic advisor to the U.S. President Barack Obama, calls, and I quote, the universal demand agenda. Conventional wisdom is the enemy. Alas, it is winning. In the U.S., the spirit of Andrew Mellon, Treasury Secretary to Herbert Hoover, remains alive. His advice, lamented Hoover, was... And I quote, liquidate labor, liquidate stocks, liquidate the farmers, liquidate real estate. Yet this foolish view is not animating U.S. policy. The danger is not of doing nothing, but rather of doing too little. If such timidity fails, opponents will argue these policies have failed. This will exacerbate confusion, making attempts at decisive action later on more difficult and ineffective. The right thing to do is more than enough. It will always be possible to withdraw stimulus a year or two hence. It will be far more difficult to make action effective if depression, both economic and social, takes hold. What then is more than enough? To answer that, we must recognize where we are. First, the recession is global. Countries heavily dependent on exports as a source of demand, such as Germany, Japan, and South Korea, have been even worse affected than the U.S. or the U.K. Second, the forces underlying this recession are powerful and enduring. They include vast losses in wealth, estimated by a study for the Asian Development Bank at close to a year's global output, huge overhangs of private debt in deficit countries, and a breakdown in the normal functioning of the financial system. So what is to be done? Monetary policy is largely exhausted. Even interest rates at close to zero fail to spur borrowing, and the world cannot devalue itself into export-led recovery. Monetary policy can and must unblock credit markets, sustain the money supply, and support fiscal policy. The Federal Reserve has gone furthest in these directions. Others are being forced, willy-nilly, to follow. Fiscal policy has a big role to play. In an excellent paper, economists at the International Monetary Fund describe what is needed as timely, large, lasting, diversified, contingent, collective, and sustainable. Timely, large, and lasting because the slump is here, harsh, and enduring. Diversified because the effectiveness of each measure is uncertain. Contingent because surprises are surely in store. Collective because a stimulus will be more effective the more countries participate. And sustainable because adverse reactions in debt markets must be contained. Against these standards, the stimulus packages so far are disturbingly modest. According to the IMF, 
even the U.S. stimulus amounts to only a total of 4.8% of gross domestic product. Moreover, as the IMF also notes, automatic stabilizers are larger in Europe than in the U.S. because of more generous welfare provision. Overall, the U.S. is doing more than the other big high-income countries, but not so much more. Relative to the pre-crisis year, the change in the overall fiscal balance is forecast at 5.7% of GDP in the U.S. this year against 4.4% in Germany. Not surprisingly, critics condemn the recent U.S. stimulus package as too small. Professor Martin Feldstein of Harvard University former chairman of Ronald Reagan's Council of Economic Advisers, argues that the U.S. economy faces a $750 billion shortfall of demand, largely because of a $12 trillion decline in household wealth. The U.S. package will, he suggests, offset just 40% of the lost demand in 2009 and 2010. If so, the recession will be deep and prolonged. Professor Feldstein concludes that a second fiscal stimulus package is likely. Indeed, it will be essential. But by then, Mr. Obama may have lost the argument and his authority. Yet will to do more is weak in the U.S. and elsewhere. The principal justification for caution is concern over longer-term fiscal sustainability. This is a mistake. The principal threat to sustainability is not the crisis, but entitlement spending. Attempts to curb fiscal deficits when the private sector is cutting back sharply are likely to fail even in their own terms. Finally, fiscal policy cannot be made independently of what the private sector is doing. Indeed, we are now seeing huge rises in fiscal deficits because of past profligacy in private sectors, often of other countries. Remember, not least, that even a 50 percentage point increase in the ratio of public debt to GDP imposes a permanent cost on taxpayers of just 1 to 1.5% of GDP in a country able to borrow at real interest rates of, say, 2 to 3%. Provided credibility is maintained, this is manageable and indeed less worrying than the waste inherent in any prolonged slump. In short, Halting the incipient depression must come first. For this to work, however, fiscal action needs to be credibly reversible. Temporary spending and tax cuts aimed at high spending groups will be more effective and less risky than broad tax cuts. G20 heads of governments must resolve to do whatever is necessary to sustain demand at home and in vulnerable developing countries. They should abandon the conventional wisdom and instead dare to succeed. This podcast is available at www.ft.com forward slash wolf podcast. My columns are available at www.ft.com forward slash wolf. Goodbye.